As a parent of a young person who stutters, how can you help your child? This is the this is the most common and difficult challenge. You you, you desperately want to save your child from the struggling in a in a fluent world. The reality is that while most parents have good intent, they're using approaches that only increase the struggles that people who stutter experience. But today, Brian Nolan invites Dr. Joe Donaher back to our, our podcast to give advice for, for parents in this area. Joe reads a chapter from his book, I, 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 We Got Next, and explores a common situation involving a mother, a father, and two children, a boy who stutters, and his very talkative sister. Take a listen and see how Joe would coach the parents through this situation. Thank you, Jack. Welcome to the Stuttering Springboard, a podcast put on by the Nolan Stuttering Foundation that looks deeply into critical transition periods in the lives of young people who stutter. Our goal, help remove the barriers to make those transitions successful. We're talking about grade school, middle school, and college and professional life. And uh, perhaps no no book does this better than the new book just published by Joe Donaher called I, I, I Got Next. If you're on an earlier podcast, you you heard Joe uh, read a chapter about speech class and what speech is like and what it should be like and what it's not like. And today I, I want to welcome Joe back. Uh, Joe Donaher, Dr. Donaher is the program director for research and academics at the Center for Childhood Communication at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Uh, he's been my mentor in my in my run back uh, to work with uh, young people who who uh, stutter and help me discover myself um, to become the best version of myself. And for that, I am in his debt, to be sure. Uh, Joe, welcome to the Stuttering Springboard. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Always doing good great. to see you. <laughs> Joe and I meet uh, each week and, and look to make progress here. And um, it's been a blast so far. Uh, so today, uh, we're going to continue on this conversation of, of parents and, and siblings to an extent, but uh, uh, what it's like uh, to be a parent of a young person who stutters, um, what, what's, what are sort of typical behaviors, the questions that they have, the challenges that they have. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Joe to tee up here a chapter um, that really starts at a, at a dinner table as we, we all grew up in, a, in dinner table. And as a person who stutters, um, most of us probably have sort of uh, memories of a stuttering event at a dinner table. Joe, from the book I, I Got Next, tee up the parent situation. 
Thanks, Brian. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but we're going to be mostly in chapter uh, two. So here we okay. go. Calvin lived with his parents and younger sister, who is a year younger than him. Every night, the family had dinner together, and they talked about their day. Calvin's sister, a fast talker, always interrupted when he tried to talk. It had become a competition, and Calvin had learned to start talking as soon as they sat down, or he would never get a chance. Hmm. Calvin's mother sat directly across the table from him. One night, Calvin noticed that she was distractedly pushing her food around the plate and staring intensely at him without breaking eye contact. She did not hear Calvin's father ask her about her presentation at work and didn't even flinch when Calvin's sister screamed loudly that her gravy was touching the string beans on her plate. Suddenly, Calvin's mom started to ask him a question. She was talking in an extremely slow and drawn out manner, almost as if she was talking to a baby. How was school today, Calvin? When Calvin heard that, he got really upset. It was unacceptable that even his mother thought that something was wrong with him. He could not hold back and yelled, stop talking like that, I'm not stupid. I'm sorry, honey, I know how smart you are. If you breathe and slow down, speaking might be easier, his mother responded. Observing that, Calvin's father tried to calm down the situation. Calvin, what are you learning in speech therapy? Your mother is just trying to get you to use your speech tools. She's trying to help. At that time, Calvin took a giant gulp of air and tried to smash through an entire sentence saying, that, that doesn't, never mind. Trying to explain it was pointless. It would take too much time and effort and no one would understand. They did not understand the frustration he had felt at not being able to say everything he wanted. It was better to step aside. So he gave up, stormed to his room and remained silent for the rest of the night. What's going on in, in the mom's mind at, at that point? What's going on in Calvin's mind as they walk away from a table? What's, what's mom thinking, Joe? As, yeah, I think as, everyone in this situation is just defeated. Yeah, they're just defeated because they all are trying really hard. They all are trying with what they have in front of them, what they know, and they really want to help. But the problem is the message isn't coming across. And so we've got his little sister, right? She thinks she has to save him, save him by talking for him, because when he talks, it takes too long. Then you have uh, Calvin's mom. Right. And she really wants to help. Right. It's un it's apparent that she's uncomfortable just listening to him at times. And then she thought she was doing the right thing because she thought she needed to help him by telling him how to talk. And then lastly, it was dad who really equates helping with telling him to use his tools, even though it's clear that dad doesn't know what the tools are. He just says, use your tools, right? And then eventually later on, when the father has nothing else to say, he pats Calvin on the back and he says, just be confident. Everything is going to be all right. And so again, it's finally a positive message there. But we think about all these messages, whether it's thinking you have to talk for someone, whether you have to help them by telling them how to talk. The bottom line is all of those messages are focused on either removing the stuttering for Calvin 
or telling Calvin what to do to remove the stuttering. So the bottom message is this kid's already frustrated. He's already ashamed of his stuttering and he's anxious. And now what he's hearing over and over again and what's being reaffirmed to him is that listeners don't want to wait and that he needs to talk differently because stuttering is wrong. So to, this begins a lot of times in, in the speech class where the mom maybe has a conversation with the speech therapist about his tools. And it's, and maybe maybe to go back to the last podcast, he's given a homework assignment to use his tools at the dinner table. And maybe mom's got that information too, that, that Calvin's supposed to use his tools at the, at the dinner table. Tools, in this case, that don't sound real, that don't sound like him, some make him sound not smart. And right. And that that we see that throughout this, that one of the biggest fears there is that um, I don't want it, people to think I'm dumb. I don't want people to think there's something wrong with me. I'm just like everybody else. Right. And that fear um, becomes magnified when everyone thinks there's something they have to do to fix you. So what's a mom to do, Joe? What's a mom it, to do? Let, let's go back and play it like it maybe in a, a comparison. Uh, what if you had do over? If you had yeah. to do it again, yeah. what would what would happen? They're at the, they're at the dinner table. Uh, the sister's talking. You're not going to stop her from talking because that's just who she is. Maybe yeah. maybe there's a different uh, conversation later on about you could talk to her beforehand. Let Calvin go first. Well, I, I think one thing you could do in that situation is um, Calvin could learn some tools to kind of tell her what he wants from her. And I think that's one of the tough things. Every character in here had no idea what they what they were supposed to do. You don't right? get me. You don't so, get me. No one gets me. Right. So one of the easy things to think about is having a parent ask a child, when you're stuttering in a situation like this, what do you want me to do? Right. Should I listen? Should I try to wait? What is it that helps? Because they're assuming they know what Calvin wants them to do it. And I would suggest that this is going to be different for every person who stutters. And it's going to be different over time and over situations. So before we can do that, it has to be okay to talk about the word stuttering. So often, even the word stuttering just shuts people down, that it's not an acceptable term to use. So first, what I would suggest is over time, not just when they're in crisis mode, but making the word stuttering okay. Right. Having it be OK to have a conversation about stuttering, not forcing the child to talk about it, but having it come up in conversation. Maybe maybe all the times that it's not talked about makes it so when the mom asked Calvin if she was to Calvin doesn't know. But maybe if they talked about it more, he would start to think about it more. What is right. it I actually want you to do? And maybe maybe those are the conversations that should be happening in speech class. hundred percent. I mean, speech class should be mirroring those real conversations in real life. So the child has it with the speech language pathologist, then they're more likely to have that with their family. Right. And, and I think that's a really important thing, because in this story, when everything was happening, no one even said the word stuttering. Right. And I think with tools, it's important to be more specific because we, we frequently say your speech tools and things like that. But speech tools can can mean eye contact. They can mean rate of speech. They can mean a lot of different things. 
So we want to be really um, specific when we're talking about tools. And any tool where the job is to hide stuttering, any tool, when that's the tool, there's going to be some struggle there because the individual has to think that communication comes first, not fluency. Yeah. And so if yeah. it's set up where you're not commenting on messages or you're not commenting on content, but you're commenting on how the child said it, then the child's always going to get that message that stuttering is wrong. And, and this has probably happened in many households. So what, what do you recommend Calvin's mom do now if there was a chapter you inserted here? Because it goes on to a, a different chapter, but... Well, yeah, I mean, one thing is, and when we talk about normalizing stuttering and making it okay to talk about, um, I think one of the best ways to do that is to meet other people who stutter, especially for young kids. When they meet other kids who are just like them and have other hobbies and things and they just happen to stutter, thing, uh, support groups like Friends or the National Stuttering Association, the more kids who stutter can get together with other kids who stutter the more they realize that they're just like everybody else and this or doesn't Nolan, have to be so isolated. Or the Nolan Stuttering Foundation. Or, or the Nolan Stuttering Foundation, yeah. <laughs> We're promoting us as well here, right? Yeah. To get, yeah. yeah. Well, um, you saw that You saw that in the Springboard uh, program that we, we did last year. Just bringing together teens who stutter and adults who stutter. It was amazing when these kids started to see that things were possible. Yeah. And, and um, so... Every time you meet someone who stutters, they say, as a kid, I, I was the only one I knew who stuttered. I, I was, and it's it's such an, a lonely thing and it, it becomes a shameful thing because you, you're you you're different and it's not accepted. So it takes a lot of bravery for the kids to walk into a room. You could see them when they come into a workshop. They're just like, I'm not sure I want to be here, but my mom and dad said I should. And then when they leave, they just they're they're just walking with a, a greater step and, and and standing straighter and feeling better about who they are. And yeah. um, and I often tell families that you don't necessarily have to talk about stuttering more. It just has to be okay to talk about. Right. When it comes up, it has to be an acceptable conversation. Yeah. Uh, let's move forward to to this. Um, Next chapter where uh, it gets back to the Calvin and, and the basketball team and, and dad's going to jump in to help. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit, because this, this probably happens all, all over the place where the parents want to help. Get, parents want to help use your tools. Parents want to help you. Who can I talk to for you? Right. Um, you know, and so what's going on in this chapter here, Joe? Yeah, I think, again, it, it goes back to that whole mentality of parents needing to save kids or parents needing to fix something. And often what we do is, is we either minimize it and pretend it didn't happen or, or we go overboard and kind of maximize it. So in, in this situation, it's kind of interesting because Cameron, I mean, Calvin finally opens up and starts talking about one of his earlier experiences, kind of that is one of the main focuses of the book, he finally starts talking about how this felt and what, what it kind of meant for him. And as soon as his dad hears this and hears how tough this is, um, his dad goes overboard and says, I'm going to go to the school. I'm going to fix it. 
right? And I think the opposite of that would be a child opening up and the parents saying, um, wasn't the beach great this weekend? And just changing the conversation. Yeah. So I think, again, what this forces us to do is instead of retreat by running away or, or going in a different direction, sometimes we just have to sit in this. And sometimes we just have to stay there and acknowledge it. So, so if you think about what we do as listeners, when we're talking with someone who's a good communicator, we show them that by listening more. Mm -hmm. So if mm -hmm. you're listening and you are interrupting or you keep jumping in or you keep telling the other person what they're doing wrong and what to do right, then it doesn't take long for the speaker to realize that the listener is communicating to them, that right. the listener's telling them and showing them that they don't want to communicate with them. Right. So we need to show kids who stutter that we want to listen, that we want to hear them. So instead of jumping ahead to action, this father could have acknowledged the emotion. Wow, that must be difficult. That sounds really hard what you did there. Or you must have been really frustrated. But stay there and demonstrate and model that you're okay staying there. So, so you're okay staying there. Uh... But most parents want to help. And even if the kid didn't stutter and the kid was anxious about the basketball team for any other reason, uh, the dad wants to go up there. But so, so the dad's not going to go up there because Calvin screams, no. Uh, but well, how for so it... many reasons. I mean, you, you brought up a good point there. For a child who wasn't stuttering at this age, there are just as many things that parents want to take over and say, well, I'll fix this for you. Yeah. We want them to navigate it themselves a bit, but that becomes very difficult when stuttering comes into the mix. And one of the things we talked about is parents need to ask a child, well, what do you want me to do? How should I respond when this happens, right? We ask uh, parents to ask kids, tell me a little bit about it. What are you thinking about it? And when we want kids to talk about their stuttering, we have to realize that it's extremely complex. And it's not easy for anyone, let alone a child, to just automatically acknowledge things that they're struggling with. And I think it's important um, in, in one of the chapters, I guess it's chapter three, Calvin starts talking a little bit to himself. And you start to see a little bit of what stuttering is for him. And we talk about stuttering isn't just repetitions and prolongations. Stuttering is the impact it has on your life. And I think this little section I'm going to read talks a little bit about what stuttering was to Calvin. Mm. And when we hear that, we've got to think about how difficult that would be for him to describe to his parent or to describe something to somebody else, especially when he was in crisis mode and was so upset. So, so take it from the top of page 27, Joe. Okay. Talking to people who didn't know he stuttered was tough for Calvin. He would try everything not to stutter, including changing words, only saying short sentences, avoiding S words, avoiding long words, and even talking with an Irish accent. Top of the morning to you. But nothing worked. It seemed impossible to escape from his stuttering. That made it so much worse. He felt trapped with no way out. And although he screamed for help, Nothing and no one seemed to come to his rescue. Unavoidedly, every day and every new situation just piled up 
making them more and more tired, tired and frustrated. Then he goes on to tell his father what he's thinking about. I, I mean, I, I like that. So he's telling his dad what yep. he's thinking. And that's when his dad says, I'm going to put on my cape and I'm going to come help you. And uh, what we really want him to do is to listen, meet Calvin where he's at. Do you, do you want to give him suggestions? Have you thought about going up and talking to the coach before the practice, Calvin? You know, because we want to help, right? We want to jump in and help somehow. Uh, but we don't want to do it for them. Right. But, but we want to coach them and encourage them. So any words you're looking at me like, you can't yeah, I, I think it's going. hard, but <laughs> like think of the message there, right? Like think about this with any of your kids, right? When you have to intervene, it's taking some of that authority and responsibility away from them. Yeah. Right. So we want to set it up so they can be successful. But probably the best thing that could happen to Calvin in these situations is just that somebody would listen to him and acknowledge that what he was going through was difficult. And, and that's okay sometimes. And maybe that, you know, asking Calvin, what are some of your options, Calvin? What have you thought about doing? And so Calvin can then process some of his thinking about, you know, what he could do and not do. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, Brian, because I'm going right to him reflecting, right? Yeah. And for you, you went to action. I, I do. It's an instinct. Right? Yeah, sure, sure. If, especially if it's your child, because you want to, this problem has to be taken away. But the problem with that sentence is there's a problem in it, and it has mm -hmm. to be taken away. What if there's nothing wrong with stuttering? What if we want him to be okay that he stutters? But- well, so what's the problem, though? The problem is not that he stutters. The problem is that he, he's not going to try out for the team because he stutters. Correct. That's the problem. Right. So regardless of whether he stutters or not, his holding back is the issue. Yeah. Him doubting himself, him saying, no, I'm just going to wait, or no, I'm not going to try it. And that's yeah. what we, we have to combat. Yeah, so this, as a, as a parent, as you raise any child in any, any circumstance, holding back versus being being in the game, being on the sidelines watching versus going in there. It's, it's all about confidence in life and anything you do. Right. So and, and it just, it gets exacerbated uh, in, in this situation. So, so, and so we think of some of the positive things we could have said to Calvin in these situations, right? I'm so proud of you. You are so brave for volunteering to be the manager and not giving up. You are so brave for telling your sister what you wanted to do when you stutter, okay? Even though you don't have to. So I think what's good is how we promote our feelings and how we show Calvin that he's doing great stuff and we're not basing that on whether he gets stuck or not. So, so we're listening more, we're giving them time to talk, we're asking them, how, how you'd like me to, you know, what what would you like me to do at certain times? And uh, so those those are, boy, it's, it sounds like um, a parent uh, roundtable is in order here to get parents to, to talk about this. Uh, this this follows on, on the heels of um, the parent uh, podcast that was just, uh, just out with uh, Andrew and, and Liza Snedeker 
where they they do have a super close relationship and and that comes out that she she listens to him and so appreciates him i think that's a really nice point of congruence there is that um listening is how we build relationships listening is how we get to know each other and in andrew's situation the fact that his mom was there listening to him um made him resilient enough to weather the storm and made him resilient enough to keep going and to ask questions and to kind of change his perspective that's good stuff joe joe we always appreciate your insights here and i, I know there's parents listening here that are taking notes and and parents like myself we know that they've done it wrong but that you can just relax and give you give your child more time yeah and, so, and there is no right and wrong right yeah it's just moving forward yeah just well, we, moving forward trying to do better we say progress not not perfection exactly that's what this this is about hey joe thanks a lot until we'll get you in a couple months out here again on a another chapter there's several areas that that we can peel back that that are sure to help um until then uh as we say be bold and be brave thank you joe thanks man nolan stuttering foundations or nsf's primary purpose is to bring young people who stutter together and help them become the best versions of themselves. We do this through programming design to help them share and navigate the unique communication and psychological challenge they experience. NSF helps prepare young people to take the next step in their lives, whether it's high school, college, or, or, or your, your career. For ideas and, and contributions to the podcast, contact us at info at nolansf.org.